0: Welcome to Corona Stories, the place where people can be open and honest about their feelings and experiences of COVID, lockdown and related matters. I'm Christine Padgham and I co-host this not-for-profit podcast with my friend Sylvia. If you would like to share your story with us or just have a chat, please get in touch. You can email us at Corona Stories at protonmail.com and we also have a Telegram channel called Corona Stories. Please join us there friends and thank you for listening. So today is the 28th of December 2021 and I'm sitting on Sylvia's couch. It's our favourite cuddle spot. It is, right in the corner. Sylvia's just getting over the horror of having accidentally drunk my coffee. I'm not a coffee Which is very
1: strong. <laughs> Filter coffee was not a good, a good moment.
0: And also, she's put all her germs all over my cup. <laughs> well, I'm lucky that you're not one of them. I know, I'm not one of them. So our first podcast broadcast on uh-huh. the 22nd of January, 2021.
1: 11 months ago.
0: I oh, know. So even though it's not really a year, we thought that we should do before the end of the year, uh, look back on 2021 Yeah. and how things have progressed. Yeah. So our first podcast was getting to know us
1: and now we feel we know ourselves better
0: yeah and i think our listeners are getting the hang of us (laughs) (laughs) and we've been talking about what we might talk about over breakfast and stuff because this has been a very early morning yeah for us at sylvie's house but but you said that i should just go for it
1: i said that you (laughs) know yourself well you seem impervious to the criticism (laughs) and you're comfortable with it so I, I'm sort of bracing myself even <laughs> for
0: what might come out today. I'm going to try and be really gentle. That's nice.
1: That's nice.
0: So I started the day-to-day listening to our podcast from the 22nd of January.
1: And did it feel like 11 months ago? or did It feels it feel like, like
0: 11 years ago.
1: Because so much has happened yeah. in one year. Yeah. It's really weird. You know, it's less than a year since the last full lockdown. Mm-hmm. And yet, it does feel like a whole lifetime has happened since then. Yeah.
0: And it's been kind of tiring as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I. it has been tiring. And also
1: energising,
0: actually. Yeah. it's It's been a funny mixture. It has. It was interesting listening to the first podcast <clears throat> because... I didn't realise, I don't think at the time, as you often don't, you don't often really understand your psychological state when you're in it. Uh-huh. And I think listening back on it, I can hear it in myself, psychological distress, I would say. I feel like it was very oppressive atmosphere. I think I was quite defensive.
1: But at the time we were in, in lockdown, lockdown. It was horrible. and you are a very sociable person. Yeah and you know we were seeing each other um legitimized by the fact that we needed it for our mental health and we genuinely did but i'm not saying that we wouldn't have met anyway
0: yeah well i remember um in that first podcast after we'd recorded it you said it was very obvious that we're in the same room
1: yeah i was still and you were you
0: were worried about that and I was thinking about that, and that just shows, though, why I would have been in psychological distress, because that's a horrible thought, that people might hear us and think, oh, they're in the same room. We were in the same room, and I'm very happy to say that now. Uh, we needed uh, each other. Well, yeah, but, I mean, everybody needs people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was one interesting thing. And I think also because at that time in January, I, I had kind of gone public because I was... Well, the Inform Scotland website, we just set that up and I was involved with Heart,
1: which... You'd been very involved with us for them. That's where yeah. the stats
0: had started. Yep. And I joined, Um, yeah, I'd, been, I'd joined quite a lot of groups and I was getting a lot of hassle and I had a lot of problems with some of my existing relationships because people didn't approve of my views so it was it was really a horrible horrible time and the girls were off school obviously because and I could not get them to engage with the online learning at all and it was just oh, it, it was, was a awful. horrible time and even though I was coming round to your house a lot yeah, and I had a, other another couple of friends who I saw quite a lot of it wasn't Enough, and it wasn't I don't mean that you're not enough because you're marvelous, <laughs> but you I know can... what I mean? it's like, oh, I'm round at Sylvia's house again, or oh, I'm round at my other friend's house again, yeah, so I had my friend who I was bubbling in inverted commas with, and she was allowed to bubble because she was living on a road of whatever the stupid rules were about how you were allowed to bubble and I had so I had like two friends whose houses I was round at all the time, and it just felt even so, felt so restrictive.
1: Variety is the spice of life And We weren't having variety It was same old, same old We needed what little we had yeah. Or we would have totally lost the plot mm-hmm. And so in some ways I have admiration for people Who strictly Abided by the wit- like the rules Definitely didn't see anybody Because I don't know what would have happened If I'd done that In fact, I do know what would have happened. I would have had to be committed, I think.
0: I would have gone completely nuts. But I wonder if um, people who followed the rules... We couldn't follow the rules because we had worked out that the restrictions didn't do anything. Well, the restrictions didn't didn't do do anything.
1: I mean, you say we didn't follow the rules in a certain
0: way we did because there was no choice yes But but we knew that restrictions had no effect whatsoever apparently on the spread of covid because the data were in from around the world yeah and so i think what was actually happening with us and you can hear this very much in our conversation we're trying we're still trying to make sense of it we're like what this we're doing this and it's really painful and it doesn't even achieve what it's set out to do I and mean, we were trying to get our heads around it and i can hear in the conversation what i would describe as true naivety on our part that it could be rationalized and that people were going to work out that the restrictions were nonsense and totally unscientific but they just never have and i think a yeah year we on, thought
1: we thought It would soon become apparent. It's that thing, isn't it? Well, everybody will get vaccinated and they'll see that the vaccines aren't working. So they wouldn't possibly want it to be mandated. You know, people will see that everybody got locked down and the disease is still Uh endemic. So they'll see. But now we understand completely that logic is not part of this. No. And so in a funny way, we know ourselves better.
0: Yeah well I the the thing that I've noticed when I was listening to us this morning is I almost feel frustration with us because it's like stop trying stop trying to work it out because it can't be worked out it's completely incomprehensible. Yeah. And we're just reading, like, on one of my groups there, we were talking about how the NHS is now made... Apparently, it's going to be illegal to employ staff who are not vaccinated against COVID. Why? You were saying in January... I don't think you said it on our podcast. I think we actually edited that out because we thought the vaccine was too contentious. But maybe... I don't know if you said it in another podcast, but you were saying... But this vaccine doesn't give you sterilising immunity, so what the hell does it matter whether somebody's vaccinated or not for those around them? We knew that in January 2021.
1: Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure around then we were also talking about antibody-dependent
0: enhancement. Yeah, which we're looking at right now is happening. <laughs> and yet... And yet they're still pushing for more vaccines. It, so... It just feels
1: like the problem is the same the tools are the same the tools were ineffective all the way through so why are we still hammering a screw yeah it's um
0: but I so I think what we were coming to terms with in January and why it sounded you know we sound I think we sound a bit strange when I was listening to us talking And it's because we just we couldn't have comprehended what we were actually looking at in January. Whereas now we have a much better understanding of what we're looking at, which is the complete breakdown of logic and reason in our society. In January, we didn't want to look at that because it would have been too frightening. (laughs) And
1: it's funny how being accustomed to it means that it's not frightening anymore. We have become so accustomed to that that actually you don't live in the same fear. I mean, no. you have moments
0: of it. Well, I think living in an illogical world is incredibly frightening because that's hell chaos and mayhem and illogic. But I'm, it is, I don't know how exactly to say this. Maybe we don't have enough words in English. I am not fearful any longer. I think I've come to terms with the fact that I might be a victim of illogic and that my life is going to be worse because people as a whole have completely lost the ability to be logical. But But I've come.
1: woman, you won't be kept down by that.
0: I've come to terms with it that I'm going to suffer for it, but I'm not going to submit to it. (laughs) So... Well, I
1: know that you've said to people recently that compliance is basically building your own prison. Yeah. And, I mean, I think you're much more actively fighting, whereas I think I just wander around acting like
0: it's not happening,
1: (laughs) which is weird.
0: But that is fighting it in a way. Like it's not happening and in that
1: podcast we talked about the Christmas that had just happened Mm -hmm, didn't we mm -hmm. and I think you know I mentioned at the time that you know I hadn't been able to be with my Mm mum and that realistically next year we wouldn't be having Christmas together because my mum would be in a home Mm -hmm. and that came to fruition Mm -hmm. and it is quite weird in a way. When your absolute knowledge comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. It's and not a pleasant thing.
0: No. And our knowledge, like our, our expectations of what was going to happen this year, they've all come true. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to
1: reflect back on a significant event for us in the last... 11 months for my family it was the fact that my mum had to go into a care home for respite care and unfortunately took very unwell while she was in there and had um, sepsis although we didn't know she had sepsis and my mum had to wait 7 hours for an ambulance to, to travel 20 minutes to hospital. And I mean, again, a year ago, if we had said people would have to wait hours and hours, and and I complained bitterly. And then in the headlines around that time, there was, you know, people
0: who died after a 42-hour wait for an ambulance. Somebody I know waited five days for an ambulance in the latter half of this year.
1: And I mean... (laughs)
0: This is such a
1: breakdown of society and the NHS. You know, society can be measured by how we treat our weak and our vulnerable. And for them not to get emergency transport. And again, this is the the poor logic of it. Mm -hmm. That this is the situation, but the NHS is overwhelmed. It's short-staffed solution lock us down no well maybe (laughs) that is what they're proposing but the solution is let's not employ anybody who's not vaccinated unless we're in a situation where i don't feel we have the luxury of being picky no you know if you're willing to work for the nhs and, and you know bless your soul if you're willing to work for the nhs at the moment um then, you know, that is
0: that is not a logical solution. Yeah. But, again, logic doesn't come into it. But I've now come to the view, which I think there's still many, many people would think is bonkers. Uh But I think that there's a deliberate plan here to rip our NHS apart, destroyed by vaccine mandates and also by repeatedly jabbing to quote the prime minister jabbing the arms of healthcare staff and then making them really sick because a lot of people are getting really sick after their boosters yeah and um this doesn't seem like a great model for running a health care service which is why people yes, are waiting five days being planned from, yes i believe we well,
1: get there we just because the thing us. is
0: we're saying logic doesn't come into it which is an overly simplistic way to look at it. I have always said, well, since I was smart enough to form such a view, nobody ever acts irrationally. It's only irrational if you don't understand the rationale. Okay. So... I mean, when somebody goes clinically insane, they might do things that are irrational, but they're not irrational to the person doing them. No, that's true. And our government is not acting irrationally. It's acting on a plan that we don't understand. Or do we? Well, I think I do understand it. But we collectively, as a society, I don't think, really understand what they're doing, which is why they keep doing things and you think, what? Well... You're just not looking at it right if you're thinking what because now when they do things, I'm not surprised at all because I think I do understand their plan.
1: Yeah, and again, eleven months ago, we wouldn't, we were trying not to say things like that. Yeah, because we thought we would alienate people, mm-hmm. we would be discredited, mm-hmm. and I
0: think that's something else. Well, we probably will alienate people and be discredited by saying these things.
1: I don't think. As readily as previously I think the thing about it is that you know we 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 had an inclaim of things but in the last 11 months I have come to understand cancel culture discrediting people much better
0: Mm -hmm. so I'm sitting on two Twitter bans (laughs)
1: yeah well you were saying in our podcast <laughs> at the start yep. that you were getting trouble uh-huh. on
0: mm-hmm. well torture. i'm not now because i've been banned twice you 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 you. because i think they were both immensely unfair
1: well of course they are
0: one was because somebody said to me well what are you doing about how are you going to protect yourself against covid then and i said well i have some ivermectin in my bathroom cabinet and I got a 12-hour suspension because Twitter said this was medical misinformation. <laughs> now, it was not misinformation. No. I did have ivermectin in my bathroom cabinet. So they banned me and for 12 hours. good
1: evidence, I think, for
0: ivermectin Amazing well. evidence. But anyway, then they wouldn't let me back on. I tried to get back on after my 12-hour ban and they just didn't let me. So then the second ban was for ban evasion, so informs <laughs> informed Scotland account, which I was running, was in existence when Christine Pagham got banned <laughs> yes, and then they said that because I had been banned, I shouldn't have been running an informed Scotland account, so they banned that, but actually it was because. I had just said that Nicola Sturgeon was breaking the law by coercing people to get vaccinated because she kept going on about how people were selfish who weren't vaccinated in Parliament. So I said that that was against the law. And then I was called an anti-vaxxer by a prominent Scottish lawyer. And then I was banned for ban evasion.
1: I wonder if we could get some legal advice from said prominent Scottish lawyer
0: about laws on freedom of speech. Yes. Well, I think that doesn't apply if you're considered by anybody to be an anti-vaxxer. So we've covered conspiracy theorists, that's just a put-down mm-hmm. term. But you
1: know, my favorite thing about um this cancel culture is that you did some wonderful speeches at protests this year, okay. you found your voice uh-huh. and you put a recording of one of those on YouTube. Yep. Which also got reported. It for... got taken
0: down for medical misinformation. It did.
1: But what I love about this story is that you actually challenged YouTube on that. Yes. And asked them to identify the misinformation because you had researched every point. To hmm. verify its accuracy. Every single
0: point that I said was 100% correct or I wouldn't have been saying it. Or it was a hu- expressed very clearly as opinion. So yep. I'm entitled to it. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. So they said, no, well, no, actually, sorry, we couldn't find any medical misinformation in your speech and they put it back up.
1: <laughs> Which I think is a tremendous success. Yeah. You know, I think this is definitely... Something that, you know, everybody should take on board, not to just roll over and accept it. Yeah. Be researched, stick to facts. And don't censor
0: yourself
1: either. And then if you're challenged, challenge them. Now, I'm not going to pretend that when you challenge them, you're necessarily going to be treated fairly. But it's worth
0: a shot. But also, even though you're dealing with YouTube, I mean, my channel was taken down on YouTube as well. Even though you're dealing with a computer program, essentially, Mm
1: -hmm. an
0: algorithm, there is a person on the other end of your interaction. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying I'm not ashamed of what I've just said. No. And I can argue my point. So, and it's all, and you've it, almost taken it as a
1: challenge actually to see how many listens you can get before
0: it does get taken down. Yeah, which is a kind of fun little game. But the, um, I wrote an article for Think Scotland, my latest one. Now, when was that? Oof. November. And it was about my transition to becoming an anti vaxxer as my label now. And I used to use that label on people as well okay in the old days which I'm now very ashamed of doing it's such a stupid thing to say so I am arguing that these COVID-19 vaccines don't work and let me explain define what I mean by don't work we've been using them for a year people have had three vaccines some people have had four and And we still got a wave and they are the majority of people Yes, the vast majority of people are vaccinated. Do we still have a COVID problem? Yes. So they don't work. That's what I'm saying. Now, as soon as I say that, there are some incredibly ill-informed people and angry people who are like, she's an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. i making a statement of fact.
1: Take the opposing view. Yes, but the purpose of those vaccines is to make you less ill. I mean, if you caught COVID without that vaccine, you would have been like at death's door.
0: So my response is, is not is it not interesting that we have had more COVID deaths since the vaccine was rolled out than we had before? And also statistically, there was like
1: a COVID calculator yes. for your risk of death, you know, and for most people, we had an over 99%
0: survival well, my, rate. My... And that was if you caught it. Yeah. So my risk from the vaccine was higher than my risk from COVID. So obviously, I'm not going to take that vaccine then, am I? If my doctor had said to me in the old days, um, I'm going to give you this new wonder drug for your asthma, and it probably is going to clear your asthma up really well. <laughs> there is a risk of death from it, though. And it was higher than my risk of death from an asthma attack. Why would I take that treatment? I mean, it's not that I'm an anti-vaxxer. It's that I'm a person who is able to be logical. (laughs) That's what I... And You see, I've always said, I think, again,
1: anti-vaxxer is, again, a smear term. It's a way to cancel you. It's a way to shut you down. I give you a label. And now you are not valid. Your opinion is no longer valid. And that's what we have become brilliant at in society.
0: But the thing is, if we keep shutting down opposing views, what if they're right? So, I, and I keep using thalidomide as a comparator. Yeah. Thalidomide was an incredibly effective drug for reducing morning sickness. Work to treat. Yeah. It was amazing for that. Unfortunately, it caused massive, horrendous birth defects. Now, if I said, "Well, I think that we should use thalidomide," because being morning, being sick when you're pregnant is miserable. As somebody I mean,
1: who's had hyperemesis gravidarum twice, I would say
0: it's hell, right? So, does it make me anti-medicine to say that I think using thalidomide is a bad idea? <laughs> Well, what, that sounds logical. What about all the drugs in history that have been pulled because they were discovered to be unsafe? I mean, that's just basic common sense. So all I'm saying for the vac- this particular vaccine, I'm not even commenting on other vaccines... This particular vaccine isn't working. And if people are going along... People are going along and they're saying, well, I'm taking this vaccine so I can go on holiday. And then they're still unable to go on holiday. I'm taking this vaccine because I want to protect those around me. Well, it's not protecting those around you because you're still able to transmit it. And I think that people should be aware of all those things. But to make them aware of the facts, to make them aware of the statistics, is making you an anti-vaxxer. So I think what I'm... What I'm discovering, what I've learned in the last year, and it's been really painful, and I have resisted it because I used to be very much a mainstream person and a, a good citizen, and I think I still am a good citizen. Know,
1: I met somebody at a party recently who said mm. that the reason you were no longer mainstream was because you met me.
0: Who said that? <laughs> I we'll have to talk about that you. later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I wasn't sure whether to be offended or complimented there.
0: Well, I'm
1: no longer mainstream. Sure,
0: how I feel about that because I'm also a bit tired of this. I think because I'm obviously I for whatever reason I've been given opportunities, and I am quite loud about this. I've got a voice, mm-hmm. and some people are listening to it. Not a huge number of people, and I don't think I've affected any COVID policy. Um. But if only. People then seem to think that I'm responsible for what people around me think, which is another indication. I mean, we've heard this before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Friends of ours in our new group, I want to talk about our new friends also, but friends in our new group have been accused of only thinking things because I think them. And it's like, no, people some people in our society are still able to form their own views about things. They don't just follow a line that they've read. Or You did meet somebody quite
1: prominent in London Mm -hmm. who you you introduced yourself to (laughs) and their response was yes, I do know who you are. You're the really loud one from Scotland. So, you know, maybe people think you're just so loud that we can't think for ourselves, which is Insulting on both sides of the equation <laughs> because you're insulted to be that loud, and we're insulted that we're clearly so brain dead that I, we can't think for ourselves. I wasn't
0: insulted by being called loud. I was saying yeah, you were quite, I was proud. actually quite. But flattered. to be
1: so loud that everybody
0: listens to you. But everybody is isn't listening want. to me. It's
1: not what you're about. You're about, nope. you know, these are, this is the critical thinking process. Yes. Um, and,
0: and you're not bullying anybody to follow your so. opinion. It's quite funny. Our friends who think that or um, people have accused them of only thinking things because
1: they're your I... friend.
0: But <laughs> actually, I was late to this lockdown scepticism party because mm-hmm. I had a number of friends who were very sceptical about it from the very beginning. And... I but wasn't... they've
1: become less
0: sceptical and you've become... It's like been in inverse <laughs> trajectories. I don't know if that's true. I think we are as sceptical. Anyway, the point is that we as a group, those of us who see things similarly, have been learning about how to form your own view about things. And I think that actually all of us prior to 2020 everybody I almost mean everybody we were following a lot of lines that we were fed not thinking about things that we do now think about yeah I know you're thinking that you were always a very free thinker I can see that on your face and you are a very free thinker but I think even you (laughs) even you have said that there's been a number of things you're like well I didn't uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have just gone along with that before. Yes, yes. I, I bowed to the majority
1: before, but I have become more confident in my free thinking. Yeah. And I've never been a confident person, but I have learned. I feel like I've come f- like full circle back to things that I thought when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah.
0: Very weird. When I think that I was a free thinker at some point, but I kind of lost it between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. I feel yeah. like I lost a lot of, and I realise it now. For example, dismissing people as anti-vaxxers—that was so stupid. Yeah, that was lazy thinking on my part. Yeah, and now I recognise that, and I, I can honestly say. The last year, I have absolutely relished the experiences that I've had listening to people who I would have completely dismissed before. Mm -hmm. I'm ashamed to say it, but I would have. I would have absolutely dismissed it. I would have said, that person's crazy. I'm not listening to that. And now I'm learning the most amazing things from these people. And sometimes people hold views that they'll tell me about and I don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. Or I I it doesn't resonate and tell me, with me. Do you
1: instantly cut ties with them? No,
0: no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, isn't that interesting that you think that and I don't think that? And I think I wonder what's what your experiences have been that have drawn d- drawn you to that view yeah. or f- helped you to form that view. And I have a completely different view about that. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't threaten me. it Doesn't make me angry. It doesn't make me throw insults at them. Doesn't make me and abandon some, the long sometimes friendship.:
1: You don't agree with them at the time, and then a month later you go, "Oh, well, actually Oh my
0: goodness." And in fact, that was right.: We have a specific friend, you'll know who I'm talking about. I don't want to name names, but she says things to me, and I'm like, I refuse to accept that. But I know, in a couple of months... it's not you. I know in a couple of months... I will be 100% on board with that view. In fact, write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes people say things that I think sound completely crazy but then turn out to be 100% true.
1: So I think the interesting thing about these things is that, yeah, for me, I've... I've just noticed how much society has become one narrative is acceptable, and everybody must accept that narrative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because I've had, to, you know, a chat with friends and things, met them in public places. Maybe friends that aren't so close that I've seen them a lot in the last two years. In fact, I've probably seen them a lot less because of what's been happening. Mm-hmm and you know maybe i'll say one or two things and suddenly they'll say i totally agree with that but you have to be careful what you say when you're outside don't know who's listening and i'm thinking well but why why should only one narrative be acceptable to be voiced i'm not inciting violence against (laughs) anybody i'm not you know trying to do anything that actually hurts anybody I'm just voicing an opinion that doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. And for but, that to be silenced is but really this weird. this is the
0: whole... This is part of a wider... Like, beyond the COVID thing. It's part of a wider trend now, isn't it? Words are violence. Yeah. And this is why we've got this whole bananas hate speech legislation and you're not allowed to write things on Twitter, you're not allowed to write things on Facebook. And it's like, no... the. You are perfectly capable of scrolling past a view on Facebook that you don't agree with. Or engage with that view and explain why you don't agree with it. It's not... An intelligent debate, not hurling insults. But people can't do intelligent debate. Yeah. I was just saying to you today, I would absolutely love to have an actual debate with somebody who disagrees with me on the COVID thing. You right.
1: you really look. You have this wild look in your eyes when you talk about this. A little spark and flame is lit up. I could see. That it I want dancing. to have a debate. So actually, I think we should put this out as a challenge for twenty. I would love it. Does anybody know anybody that would be willing <laughs> to do a podcast purely to debate?
0: Yeah,
1: Christine. Yeah. It's- in an intelligent, non-insult hurling kind of way and with an ability to end it with okay we agree to disagree i mean obviously you're hoping you're going to persuade them but um but i think that is something we need as society sometimes we have to walk away from somebody else without a consequence and just say okay you think that i think this we're never going to agree it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. that is the foundation of democracy
0: in a way. But also we have to the, like we have to start getting back to the idea, which we seem to have lost. It's it's like you're not allowed to have some opinions, but you are allowed to have other opinions, and you know, some opinions are unacceptable. But at the same time, we're focusing too much and labeling too many things as opinion. Yeah. And when actually, there's something things. Some things is
1: fact, when it's actually opinion. But there
0: are some things which are just objective truth. Yeah. So I could say, for example, maybe I don't really want a debate because lockdown doesn't work. That is a fact. That's an objective truth. There are data to show it. If you restrict people's communication with one another, and like, I mean, communication of viruses. It doesn't seem to affect the spread of SARS-CoV-2. Now, that might sound absolutely bananas to people. Mm -hmm. People might say, but it makes sense. Of course it's going to stop the spread. It doesn't. Well, if it did, we've done it twice and it would have stopped it. Yes, but you can look at, at societies that did not shut down at all. And there's no difference in their spread of the virus. The virus spreads almost independently of that. Now, I actually personally don't understand that myself but it's the truth and you can go and look it up and the vaccine doesn't work yeah and the reason that i know it doesn't work is because we have had successive bigger waves of coronavirus we're now on our sixth wave in Scotland and it's the biggest wave yet of infection apparently so the vaccine doesn't work does it i mean I don't know how anybody could possibly argue that it does work. What I struggle with
1: is on the rare, rare occasion that I dip into the news. I mean, I can't remember the last time. You know, what I heard was Omicron doesn't respond to the vaccine. And then within a few minutes, this is twisted to, so we really need everybody to go and get the booster because... It helps prevent Omicron. What?
0: What? (laughs) Well, Chris Chris Whitty said in his in one of the um, press briefings, he said, "We know the vaccines are incredibly effective. (laughs) We know that they're less effective against Omicron. We know that the booster is less effective against Omicron." So it's even more important that people get vaccinated. I mean, (laughs) it's like up is down and down is up. The truth is lies and lies become truth. I mean,
1: and then the recent revelation from Facebook's fact checkers. Oh yeah,
0: they're not facts. It's just opinion, but we call it facts. Well, what was I just saying? We're labeling things as being opinion, which are actually facts. So if I say to you, Lockdown doesn't work. And people say, well, you're entitled to your opinion. I, that isn't an opinion. That's a fact. That's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And you're calling it an opinion. It isn't an opinion. Yeah. And we. this is what you call insanity. When people yeah. are I'm unable... I'm going to just say,
1: I feel like I've been living through insanity.
0: Yeah. And that's why I think, like again, going back to January... I felt a little bit insane. I don't think I was insane. I think I was a sane person living in an insane world, which is almost the same thing. Yeah. Nothing around us makes any sense whatsoever. And I don't know if it makes sense to people who are going along with it or if they're just going along with it because they're just going along with it. Yeah. But none of it makes any sense. And I'm saying, like, I would love to have a debate. I can't have a debate because any time i try and talk about any of this mm-hmm. i get i said to you i get two points maybe before they say i don't want to talk about it i'm like why don't you want to talk about it this is affecting every single detail of your life including now what goes inside your body you, it's like medical rape well, you're p- forcing everybody to have a medical treatment and you don't want to talk about it you don't want to talk about how we got here or the lies that you've been told or what you believe to be true that's led you to that decision to be... Well, that's just protecting yourself, isn't it? Shutting it
1: down is just a protection mechanism. Well, it's not,
0: a, it's not protecting yourself.
1: It's, yes, but it's a protection <laughs> mechanism from the truth. You can't handle the truth. Let's not go there. Yeah. I mean, that's what that is. Yeah. And that's what we or, were. Or alternatively, it's just you're so damn loud, Christine.
0: So, <laughs> and that I'll bewitch people with my with my opinion. No, so there's been a general mislabelling of opinion, in fact. We keep getting interrupted, so the editing on this might be a bit clunky. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Well, we were thinking that
1: maybe we should talk a bit more about the positives from the Mm. last year. And actually, I think what we have been talking about in many respects is the positives. It is, you know, meeting new people, finding ourselves, finding confidence Mm -hmm. in facts, in our own opinion, Mm -hmm. in some ways has been liberating in a time of restriction.
0: Yes, I feel more free now Mm -hmm. Than I think I've ever felt in my life, because I'm not. I know that outwardly I might be more restricted. I can't go to a nightclub, for example. Well, I can't go because they've been closed. But before they were closed again by our dear leader Nicola, we couldn't go in because we're not vaccinated. But in um, in a way, yeah, in, in every way that matters, I feel much freer than I've ever felt before I don't feel restricted in my opinions I don't feel like I'm allowed to think one thing but not another I'm with friends now and this is one of the things I'm so grateful for the friends that I've made in the last year, I can say anything to these people yeah and I might be disagreed with in fact I often am And sometimes Um, yeah so I feel liberated and I also know that you know now for example like last year we were very focused on what the restrictions were and even though we were breaking them by spending time with one another well we weren't because we could have the restrictions are so flimsy that they fall at the slightest you know resistance because you could always say well I needed to visit this is a mental health visit which is absolutely absurd well you, I'm, I'm
1: just going to say this It wasn't because
0: it could have been a med- It was a mental health yes, issue Yes it was for everybody Everybody had that same reason Somebody who I've become quite p- pally with Talking about masks a couple of weeks ago She said somebody had asked her Why are you not wearing a mask? Are you exempt? And she said yeah <laughs> And uh, she went alright oh, And she said my friend said And you're exempt too Because the whole thing is just one big trick Mm-hmm. And the same applies to all the restrictions. So anyway, but last year I was very aware of what all the restrictions were and I was breaking them, but I was aware of which. Now I don't give a, I don't give a monkeys what the restrictions are because I'm not paying any attention (laughs) to them whatsoever. And I think another thing about
1: this year is that you actually got COVID. Yes. And so, you know, another thing that people would hurl at you is, well, you'll think differently if you get COVID. Mm -mm.
0: And it didn't really alter your perspective. No, Mm -hmm. in fact, it only made my perspective clearer. Yeah. Because when we had COVID in our house, we all got it. And one of us became quite severely ill with it.
1: Yeah.
0: And the thing that I became very acutely aware of, which is difficult until you've actually had the experience, was we needed help. And we couldn't get any. Yeah. And I thought we are now a year and a half in to this pandemic. And the health service still doesn't know what it's doing with COVID. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there was unnecessary severity of illness in our house because of a lack of treatment. Yes.
1: I think this is something that your experience, um, I therefore began to understand is that we are not treating people at the first sign of having caught it. As soon as people test positive, we need to give people treatment. Yeah. We need to give people advice. And there are countries around the world with treatment protocols. And they're doing great. And they're doing great. But we don't do that here. No. And this is crazy. Yeah. Because... Catch things when they're a flame, mm-hmm. not a fire. Mm-hmm. If you wait t- till the house is burning down, it's much harder it just,
0: to treat people. Yeah, it just made it all even more insane to me. The whole thing became even more insane. And of course, all the restrictions didn't stop us getting COVID in our house, did it? No, No.
1: Did it, you know. And it, at the time you got it, it was a time when, you know, there weren't many... Restrictions
0: no you know, so, but I also think it's very strange that we got it when we got it because <clears throat> we're not generally prone to getting ill in my house, and it was summertime, and I don't th- I think we had been exposed before and had never got ill before, and this makes me wonder if what the vaccinologists who were saying is crazy to vaccinate people during a pandemic, to do mass vaccination, because all you will do is create variants which will escape immunity. And I wonder if that's what happened. So I actually blame the vaccine for our illness, even though we didn't have it. Because I think it's just rekindling the fire every single time vaccines are rolled out. And when we caught it, that was just at the time when lots of people our age were being vaccinated.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I definitely think there's something in that because as time goes on, a pandemic should become less severe. People should get less severely ill. And even though we're young and healthy and not in the risk group for COVID, I think that that risk shifted during that time. And younger people were getting more severely ill.
1: Yeah.
0: And nobody can tell me that that's not because of the vaccine because they've done absolutely no research into it. So
1: it's a theory.
0: It is a theory and the world that I have.
1: Of science is built on
0: theories. Yes, it's a hypothesis. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was our our our, our experience of COVID. Only made me more angry at the ineptitude of our services, which are supposed to help us in such a situation. And I ended up and writing also, a very, I, I think, in a lengthy way, complaint.
1: You know, when they then go on to say that the NHS is being overwhelmed it's almost a little bit you know you're at fault if you don't have a treatment protocol for when people are ill earlier in that stage in their earlier stages of illness then of course you're going to be overwhelmed
0: when people then progress well if you don't want to be overwhelmed why don't you give people a wee treatment protocol when they test positive exactly and when this happened to us like when you
1: become less sympathetic to that
0: one member of our household was tested for COVID, and we got the call to say, you know, we should all get tested. And I said, absolutely no way. You are mm-hmm. not testing my children with a medical test, which has no medical outcome. I'm not yeah. doing it. And I was expecting to get some pushback, but I didn't. She just said, well, that's fine then. You don't need to get tested. But I was making the point in a sane world during a pandemic, if you test positive for the virus that is the pandemic, you would immediately get prescribed some treatments that would help you. And we know these treatments exist. And we know that even vitamin D can be immensely beneficial. Vitamin C. Budesonide is also a very commonly prescribed drug in the UK. And it's unbelievably effective at reducing COVID severity. And I took lots of Budesonide when I had covid you know, you don't get any of that. So why on earth would I take the test? What benefit is that? As it was, I knew that I had COVID. I had all the symptoms. We knew that there was a confirmed COVID case in our house. So we just stayed at home until we felt better. But and in basically
1: fact... what they want is you to add to the stats so that they can then spread
0: horror. Well, exactly. And I wasn't going to be a part of that. The thing is, if the test had come back positive, I would have said yes. I know I have COVID. If it had come back negative, I would have assumed it was wrong because I knew I had COVID. Yeah. So, w- <laughs> like, it's just another example of the total insanity. We were trying to talk more positively. So we had, um, we've got our new, we were amassing yeah, a well, band I of people around us. I think that's going
1: to lead on to a positive thing. Is yeah. that I think this pandemic has made me kind of lose complete faith. In the NHS now, I'm not suggesting that is something that everybody should take on board, but for me personally. Being unable to walk into my doctor's surgery only doing consultations by phone when previously physical examinations were a very important part of diagnosis and treatment has made me lose faith in the NHS. And so for me personally, that has led to me taking back more control over my own health. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't that I didn't try to have control over my health, but I think it's made me question more. It's made me research more. If they, when they don't seem to follow quite readily available research in relation to covid has made me question well how much research are they reading in relation to any conditions that i've mm-hmm. had so yeah. i've looked into it more mm-hmm. and i've started more of my own health regimes and i actually think they're working they are working
0: so because you can i can see it in you that you're looking much healthier
1: I have to say it's really nice whenever I meet
0: up with you and you're like it's so working you look fabulous. But you do and I think you looked fabulous before but there's just you can see you're definitely healthier for the things that you've been doing. But I don't think I'm alone in this No, this venture
1: of you know taking back more of my own control over mm. my health.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's I went I attended my vaccine appointment in May and declined to give consent but was quite shocked at the experience because I because of the work I've been doing the people that I've been associating with and things I've been reading this consultant physician was telling me things about this vaccine that were 100% wrong and I knew they were wrong this is a consultant physician at a vaccination clinic and what I'm not trying to be negative again but the effect that it had on me was that I thought in the old days I would have just assumed his opinion I would have assumed that what he was saying was correct and it wasn't correct it was totally wrong so and, and again that's been my experience with like the BBC and Guardian and the Times and the Telegraph I read things in newspapers it wasn't that I revered the opinions of Media organisations, okay, particularly strong
1: I'll admit it. no, but
0: I would have revered the opinion of a consultant physician. Absolutely, hundred percent. I would have assumed that that person was competent, knew what he was talking about, and if he said it, it must be true.
1: Yeah.
0: But with media organisations, I always knew there was bias and things. But I can't actually believe. I still can't believe it now when I see things printed on the BBC website that I know are lies, and that they know are lies. I know they know that they're lying, and yet they're, they're going on and saying anyway. That has been quite revelatory for me, and like you're saying, there is now nothing I would trust. There's no information I would trust without going and looking it up for myself. And it's funny because
1: we did predict this, like you did predict this a year ago, that people were going to lose trust. Yeah. You did predict it, but then actually, the reality of it has still been a sort of surprising experience, I think. Yeah. You know, you say it, but you don't truly appreciate Mm -hmm. the minutiae of Mm -hmm. it.
0: And now it's happened. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. And I think, like, what we were going through a year ago was we were sort of grieving that. That we were losing that trust. And we felt, I felt, lost. I felt a bit untethered. You know, it's like, yeah. what can I trust in? And actually, what I can trust in is my own intellect. And I really think that the vast majority of people need to start doing the same thing. You know, whenever they say, well, oh, I, I didn't realise. You know, if you say something, well, oh, I didn't realise you studied medicine. Or, I didn't realise you're an epidemiologist. Or, well, oh, I just trust the experts. And it's like, well, maybe you should trust your own intellect. Yes, trust experts. Because you know there's lots of things that we don't understand but when it comes to like going back to this example does lockdown work well all you have to do is look up ourworldindata.org, and go and look at countries that had lockdown restrictions and countries that didn't and what you'll see is okay it make so any, I'm going to repeat you don't that need to be an expert
1: because <laughs> when you used to say it you always sort of say it so quickly i never picked it up so it's our world in
0: data all one word yeah. dot org
1: dot org
0: yeah and you can go and look at infection curves from around the world and what you find is that lockdown is not the difference climate makes a difference vaccination numbers makes a difference <laughs> as yeah. in the more vaccinations you have the more infections you have um and it's all there it, it, you don't need to be an epidemiologist and is, to understand that. This is
1: that. what I would call straight data. It's yeah. just what's happening on a graph. It's not a calculation Mm-mm. to to turn it into clever data. The
0: other thing you can do not manipulated data. No. It's straight data. It's just plotted. Uh-huh. The other thing you can do. The United States has a great lab, an experimental lab. And Tom Woods, on Tom Woods' website, I don't know what his uh, website address is, but if you cl- look up Tom Woods' COVID quiz, he has taken infection curves for every state. And what he does is he gives you an unlabeled graph and he says, right, which state do you think had a mask mandate? And you click on the trace, you know, the infection curves. Um, the, the masks, the lockdowns make absolutely... No difference whatsoever. And there's no secret science here. It's just because they don't work.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And you know, a lot of people they feel intuitively that something over your face for a respiratory disease is going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. But so many things in life and in science are counterintuitive. Yes. And that's why we study them Mm -hmm. and that is why we create studies. Of course, the other possibility, Sylvia
0: is that infection rates have more to do with screening testing strategy than anything else because i'm telling you that i know to be the truth a vast deal of our impression of covid is because of testing artifacts so it looks like we have lots of infections but we don't in fact it's because the testing is wrong that's another possibility Or this isn't like all these people, all these crazy people who say there is no virus. Well, if it's not behaving like a virus, maybe the testing's perfect, right? If it's not behaving like a virus, maybe that's because it's not a virus. I don't know. This is how we hypothesize in science. I don't know what the answer is, but all I know is...
1: It's interesting because I was talking to somebody recently
0: Uh who um,
1: is in control of the helicopter pad where uh, workers are going offshore. Mm -hmm. So they have very strict policies about testing. And they actually have their own PCR machines, which I had no idea that they could do, but Mm -hmm. they do apparently. And it's very interesting because they're recording people that turn up, lateral flow tests, PCRs, So obviously, if somebody's got a positive lateral flow, they then verify with the PCR. And what he said is they are finding that the lateral flow tests are days ahead of positive PCR tests often Mm -hmm. and that they are finding the lateral flow tests more accurate. Mm -hmm. So that's a very interesting real-life experience. And I'm a great believer in... Your real life experience tells you, because, of course, what we are fed is that it's the PCR that's the more accurate test. So it's interesting. I think.
0: Mm.
1: I, I, I see Christine uh, it's
0: thinking. Just too, uh, thinking too many things to go into here it all depends on what you're calling accurate and what the tests are picking up and i think now with omicron especially Mm -hmm. the tests are completely irrelevant because the virus has changed and we i talked about this with Russler. there's a gene missing from the virus now yeah which if it was missing before yeah would have been counted as a negative test but now if it's missing That's the criteria for the test, the criterion for the test to be positive. It's like, this is, again, this is just absolute insanity. The Omicron is missing the S gene. The S gene is the part that the vaccine is getting you to express. Right. So the... The booster now which is yeah. just a third dose it's so, just a third vaccine right of the thinking, same thing and this
1: is me just going from basic scientific i always think about um this being a bit like a jigsaw puzzle uh-huh. so your virus is one jigsaw piece and your antibodies are a perfect fit and that's uh-huh. how they uh-huh. take down a mm-hmm. virus mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so what you're saying is one piece of that jigsaw of the virus Is the S gene. That's. Yeah. And so the antibody is the opposite part of a jigsaw piece that goes with that Mm -hmm. S gene. So if the vaccine is teaching you to create antibodies for that S gene, but the
0: Omicron doesn't doesn't have have the reciprocal puzzle piece, it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't work. If the vaccine is causing a temporary immunosuppressive effect and It's not educating your immune system about this new variant, which is the dominant variant. The vaccine is completely irrelevant. It's teaching your immune system the wrong thing. So all it's going to do is make you more susceptible to getting infected, which is what we're seeing. Christmas, this podcast 22nd of January, I said Christmas will be disrupted next year as well. Now, I wasn't 100% right in my prediction there because I thought the government would be restricting Christmas. And they did sort of... But the uh, advice was a bit wishy-washy. But what happened was they've encouraged people to get tested and get boosted at the same time. So people were queuing up to get tested and then ending up cancelling their Christmas plans because they tested positive. It's like, of course you tested positive. (laughs) You've just been boosted. And again, in the Pfizer trial, which I've put on the InformScotland.uk website, you can see they said... That there was reactogenicity between the vaccine and the tests. Yeah. So they didn't test people who they had vaccinated because they would test positive. <laughs> See, everything in the world is just it just seems wrong to me right now. Everything's wrong. Nothing feels right. Everything's upside down. I think
1: one of our podcasts, um, somebody said it's like they get the storybook in the wrong order. And
0: oh really. Yeah, I don't remember that but that's a good way of
1: Everything's yeah. wrong And You put the ending in the middle mm-hmm. And the start three quarters
0: of the way through uh-huh. And so we've said that we're starting to take a lot more responsibility for ourselves And what we think and what we're doing And we're not relying on outside sources so much And then you have
1: found yourself more occupied on a Sunday Might I suggest
0: things we are doing well actually not so much I'm not not actually making it to church that often but that has been a big change for me in the last 11 months and it is very I, I don't doubt that it has made my living through the last 11 months much easier because I Notice that people were constantly saying well that's conspiracy theory or you're a conspiracy theorist because what they were hearing when you were saying oh this is wrong, that's wrong, it's all wrong and they're like but how can everything be wrong and how come all countries in the world are doing the same thing then and they were implying that if that was the conclusion that we'd come to that this was it was wrong everything that all these countries were doing around the world was wrong, that there must be some grand conspiracy Well I think if you don't believe that there's a conspiracy, you are astonishingly naive, frankly, here. But I do understand their point that there. it almost requires a supernatural conspiring for, for them to have got it. If there were some malignant power that were conspiring all this, it would almost need supernatural powers to get it all to come together so tidily. Yeah. And I think about the summertime. I started to come to the conclusion. That there were supernatural powers at force here. And I do believe that. I've always grown up in the church. And involved in the church. And I always went to church. But I think in the last. Particularly the last six months. My faith has grown enormously
1: and i again i think that's not something that's unique to you no i'm finding that people who are skeptical about the main narrative there is more spirituality discussed amongst them yeah that does seem to be something that i hear Mm -hmm. more and more
0: um yeah and i i've noticed as well that maybe i'm just maybe i'm just Um, exploring it more but I used to find really strong expressions of faith and that, that I would have called it like fire and brimstone preaching really really uncomfortable and I didn't want to listen to it and now I am I'm not meaning I don't enjoy fire and brimstone teaching but I'm noticing that the Christian faith leaders who I'm paying attention to are very powerful in their language and in their expression of their faith. And their
1: interpretations. And yes.
0: A much, like, I think what I'm noticing now about the church for the last few years, and we've explored this with William Philip and Jamie Franklin on this podcast, yeah. and I think we're hoping to get, a. there's another couple of Christian faith leaders that I want to get on. Um. They have what I would call a, a an old, what I would have called in the old days an old fashioned approach to faith. But what I'm realizing now is that I think that the church has been quite insipid, to use a word that William used just before when we had our Christmas message. A kind of wishy washy, oh, uh, you know. Well, I think the, for a lot of churches,
1: their messages have been diluted yeah. by what they think is socially acceptable mm-hmm. and what will bring people through the door and maybe it's now got to a point that it's so diluted that it doesn't mean anything it's meaningless to you so it's a bit like squash yeah. you add water and it tastes quite nice but if you keep adding the water then eventually not not very tasty at all no So I think you've gone back to the more
0: concentrated version. Yes, I have. And I'm finding it really interesting. And again, it doesn't all resonate with me. I don't agree with all of it necessarily. But I just really, I now love to hear what people actually think about something. Yeah. And I love it when people will confidently say what they think. So that you can have a debate about it or an argument or dismiss it or accept it but you understand and that like William Phillips Church for example you go in there I mean I've got my own church that I'm going to in Aberdeen and um, there's a couple of churches that I've been watching online and things but William's Church when you enter it the Tron Church in Glasgow it is so confident so unapologetic the message is clear and it's just really empowering to be in a space like that.
1: Yeah, uh, and you know, I think this is something maybe uh, maybe just thinking of this, that people who are maybe much more in touch with their spiritual side, you know, have much more of a thinking on good and bad, good and evil. Uh-huh. And so... Maybe the feeling that maybe something that's going on might be really evil is kind of sucking them back into, well, let's find the good in spirituality Mm -hmm. and empower the goodness in spirituality Mm -hmm. and nourish the spirit. And I mean, when you first suggested having sort of religious based podcasts, I'm not going to lie, I thought you were a bit mad. But I've been surprised by how much I've enjoyed them yeah and how much meaning I've derived from them mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so I think you know
0: that is not a unique story no and that in the summer of 2020 well the spring of 2020 I now recognize, even though, and I, I've said this, I felt like I was fairly content. I thought that lockdown was necessary, I understood what I thought we were doing, and I just kind of plodded along. When I look back on that now though, I think of that as being a really evil time in my life. And I'm I'm using the word evil deliberately okay. because I think I was completely blind. I was so naive. And I was submitting to something which has done immense damage to people. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made if I had said absolutely not. I'm not doing this from March 2020. But the point is, I didn't see it for what it was, and I now see very clearly what it is. Yeah. Whether it's deliberate or accidental or just a sort of natural. Sort of progression of our society, we have so lost faith, or so lost sight of what being human actually means, and what what is important in life that we have complete. We've taken this absolutely evil path. Mm-hmm. Where I'm still hearing somebody on one of our groups I'm still hearing can't get in to visit his sister they're very elderly and his sister's in hospital she's dying and he can't get in to see her because of COVID restrictions this is the work of satan and this is what people people are enforcing these rules thinking that they are the right thing to do to deny a woman company as she's dying is just it, to me, it's just absolutely unbelievable that people still think that that is the right thing to do, and I think you know a year ago, we didn't have such developed views or, or understanding me
1: because I remember at the very start of the p- p- pandemic that Chris Whitty and Boris came on air and said they were going for you know herd immunity. Mm-hmm. And they were very sorry. Sadly, millions of people were going to die. Um, but, you know, we had the NHS. And I remember being in the local community centre and talking to somebody. And I was talking generally about the countries that were locking down and the fact that we seemed to be going for herd immunity. And I said, it's all a massive big experiment. Like, who's right? And, you know we're all being experimented on here mm-hmm. and we'll see and then of course they very quickly changed their position and we're, we're going to be locking down and you know if it had just been that lockdown period and at the end of it they said mm-hmm. we tried this mm-hmm. it didn't work it would have been such a different path Yeah, we tried this for weeks was that was it six They said three weeks initially how, how many weeks was it 12 12 goodness so And that felt like a long time then. it was a long <laughs> time but you know and that 12 weeks i am sure were torture for some people's situations oh yeah well people i know that i know it was i know people that were we in abusive were... relationships i know yeah. that people that had terminal illnesses, that were seriously ill. That was a terrible period in history. But almost, if it had ended there and we had just tried to resume a normal thereafter,
0: it it, still would have been so much better. Yeah, but we know, I mean, this is what we're saying. It was never going to end there because this has all been part of some bigger move. We were naive. And we thought that when we started this podcast, you know, I said I was saying, I want people to hear the voices of the people that I speak to. I'm sure that if they could just hear the pain in these people's voices, it will change their views. And it hasn't. Because some this is this has been some spell has been cast on us as a society where we now think that doing things which are patently wrong and immoral are the right thing to do. Yeah. And to be fair to our naive selves a year ago, that is an incredibly difficult thing to get your head around. Yeah. We were basically getting our head around the fact that society, and I don't even know if it's a majority of people, but the impression you get in the media and the direction that we're taking as a society is doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And they're wrong. And we're right. And we're the minority. And it,
1: it's not even just not getting it quite right it's 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 a level of cruelty and
0: evilness yeah that is hard to get your head around it is but i think we have got our heads around it now and i think my own sort of re- the reawakening in my faith has helped me to get my head around it because this is all prophesied in the bible it's all in there and these moments in history have come and gone in the past where evil an evil ideology just takes hold and it strangles many people. And eventually it will subside because God wins in the end. But we need to accept that that is what is happening here. We're yeah. in an apocalyptic situation where morality is being turned on its head. Lies become truth and the truth becomes lies. And that's what we're living through. Yeah. And people either choose to look at that or they don't. But I'm not really spending time now trying to get people to look at it. I'm just confidently expressing that that is what is happening. Yeah. And if you want to dismiss me as a conspiracy theorist or an anti-vax or whatever, fine, whatever. But the fact is, that is the truth. And it exists independent of whether you accept it or not. And whatever you want to label you as. Yeah, fine, give me a label, I don't care. The important thing is that there have have to be people who see what's happening and who are confident in spreading the word about what's happening. And as more and more people come to see it, they need somewhere to go. Yeah. And I want them to come to places like our podcast and inform scotland dot u k and the heart group and panda. I want them to look at what people are saying because all you know it's now it's historical record there were people who saw the lies that were being told, and they told the world that they were being lied to yeah. and you can deny the truth
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it doesn't change the truth.
1: Yeah, and I think it's an interesting thing. You, you can be on the wrong side of history, but you can cross over to the right side of history or you cannot cross. Yeah. And it's a choice. Yeah. And You know, and and I think to some extent we were
0: on the wrong side well, of history. I was. I was absolutely... At the start. I was on the wrong side of history, 100%. And I'm... I am sorry. I'm deeply sorry for it now. And, you know, it was actually people who I respect and love who showed me that I was on the wrong side of history because they were doing things which I thought were wrong, like going for dinner at people's houses and things when they weren't supposed to. And I remember thinking, this is why I'm saying it's so ridiculous that people are saying that my some of my friends just think what they think because I think it... Because actually it was they who changed my view because I saw them doing things and, I didn't approve of. And you are more sceptical now than some of those people. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to be, I don't know what, again, I feel like English sometimes isn't the right words. I don't
1: think people should be backed into one position and feel that they should have to maintain no. it. If they start to see something that's not quite right, follow it. Yeah. Go and look at it because this is It's there's strength In a person's character If you can change your position When you realise you're wrong yeah, It's a weakness to Realise that you're
0: A wrong position or not explore Your position mm-hmm. and move from it mm-hmm. And it also The other sin That I see happening which I Am guilty of myself, we all are Is not accepting that you are an adult we are not children with the government as our parents just because the government says to do something does not mean that it is the right thing or the moral thing to follow it and if you are being asked to comply with immoral and evil instructions it's wrong to follow those instructions yeah and i think you know in britain where we're very polite and we like to do people are good people are good and they want to do the right thing that's true for almost every person on the planet we don't like to upset people and offend people and say no but that's childlike thinking yeah and you have a responsibility as an adult to be an adult and you know you, you have to be accountable for your actions yeah. throughout life. Yeah.
1: And sometimes you look back on things and you think, well, for what I knew at the time, I couldn't have made a different decision. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to be open to more information to inform your decisions as you go forward. Mm-hmm. And that is where the government is going wrong. Yeah. I think, for me, the other... Positive but weird thing about this last 11 months is that people actually listen to us on this podcast. <laughs> I know.
0: And we um, have our new email address, which is reasonably new. And we're just absolutely loving it when people email us. They send us the nicest emails.
1: They do. And it's a is surprise. It... <laughs> you like know, when the, somebody, from... like somebody emailed us, and I thought, oh, we have one listener. <laughs> um so please please do keep in touch with us and you know get in touch with there's us there's
0: nothing more wonderful we got an email from somebody from the south coast of england
1: he was like i listen
0: to all your podcasts we were like do you <laughs> um, i <laughs> it's very strange it's to very think strange that... but somebody else said thank to us, you to all of you i know thank you very much somebody emailed us or got I think actually she texted me through one of our guests and she said you know I hate masks I've always hated masks but I just wore a mask because I, I hate I hate confrontation and then I heard something um one of you said on your podcast about how well I suppose I was basically I think it was me who said it and I was basically saying what I've just said that yeah, okay, nobody likes confrontation, but if you're being asked to do something which is wrong and which is a lie, which masks are, you should take it off. Like, I'm not meaning to be judgmental, but I do think that it is your moral duty to take that mask off your face. Anyway, this lady said, I took my- I thought I just, after I hearing that, I thought I can't wear that mask anymore because i am lying and i've taken it off and i've had a couple of fights with people about it and i feel much better for it. but i thought i'm sorry that she's had fights about it but i am pleased that she had she obviously wanted to do it and I'm, that i'm glad that we gave her the courage of her convictions yes so i'm grateful for like a hundred million things Especially in you, a negative, Sylvia.
1: Oh, thank you,
0: Christine. Yeah. In
1: a negative time, there's been a lot of positive
0: It's been a terrible time, but, but I've had a great year. And when I use word "great," I really mean it. like it's been a big year for me.
1: Is it a, a great year in terms of
0: growth? Yes, we've made so many new friends. Yeah. We have lots of local new friends yeah. who are marvelous people and all sorts of people. And good people Really good people And I've made pe- friends from around the country With my b- b- For being part of these groups And I just like What an amazingly interesting year It has been It's It's been an amazing journey It has
1: In a hard time And yeah. I'm also very grateful for our friendship yeah. Actually I don't know what I would have done without Exactly it. So please get in
0: touch If you have actually made it to the end of this podcast, I know we have gone on, but we usually do. (laughs) And um, in 2022. We'll speak to you again. Yes, but I think by the end of 2022, the world is going to be a very different place. And I am not expecting to be feeling any less empowered by the end of 2022.
1: I don't. I don't know what my expectations for twenty twenty two is. Although interestingly, I don't have that same feeling of dread no. that I had last year. I'm hopeful about this year. So we'll speak to you in a hopeful twenty twenty two. But we
0: have some. We actually have quite a lot of guests lined up, which you don't know about. I oh, don't I might
1: think have one or two myself.
0: Good. Um, I haven't spoken to you about them, and I think some of them are going to be very difficult lessons. But I think that 2022 is going to be the year of revelation And I think that many things are going to come to light Which are going to be very painful and destructive But in a constructive way Some things it turns out need to be destroyed Because they are so rotten And something much better is going to come out of it all so, have a good new year. Happy New Year, Corona Stories listeners. Speak to you soon. We love you. We Please you email us, Stories at protonmail.com.
1: Lots of love.
0: Happy New Year 2022. Stay with us, friends. You'll be all right here.